Welcome back to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I am your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Hoff. Today's episode is a first for the podcast as we circle back with one of our previous guests to check in with her. Lindsay was first on the podcast to talk about all things sleep related as she is a sleep consultant who also has a Clubfoot cutie of her own. She's the mother of twin girls, one of whom was born with unilateral Clubfoot. Shortly after Lindsay's podcast aired last year, her daughter graduated from Boots and Bar as she turned four, and she's here to give us an update on her story since we last spoke. Lindsay so graciously reached out to me and offered to share more of her daughter's story with you, and I'm so grateful she's on the podcast today. I'm going to let her tell her story for you, so welcome back to the podcast, Lindsay. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. You're uh, making me tear up a little bit with that intro. <laughs> well, welcome emotional. back. Yeah. I'm so grateful to have you. It's so nice to be able to um, reconnect and to have you share your stories. And I really appreciate your willingness to do so. So thanks for being here. Absolutely. All right. Happy to be here. So let's just dive in. And like, when did your daughter, because the last time that we checked in, your daughter was about to graduate from Boots and Bar. So when did she graduate, like officially? And then how did you like make that decision with your medical team knowing that it was time to graduate? Yeah, so um, it was really close to her fourth birthday when we took her out of Boots and Bar. I even want to say we were maybe shy of like a week to 10 days Mm -hmm. um, just with like how the appointment landed on our calendars. we were there like a week earlier than her birthday, let's say. Um, and we got the green light to discontinue all use of the boots and bar. Um, you know, the doctor did a couple visual tests, I think, um, mm-hmm. having her walk down the hall, run down the hall. Um, he did a lot of tests on like her strength of the foot. So can mm-hmm. she hop on that foot? Um, some things like that were really about all that he did. And then just kind of some touch and feel stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, some feedback we did get at that initial appointment um, to discontinue the use was that her heel cord was tight, mm-hmm. which was kind of the feedback that we always got that she mm-hmm. had a tight um, heel cord. So we were very um interested in doing stretches so that was part of like our our release or like the next step of the treatment was to do nightly stretches mm-hmm. um of the heel cord um different like rotations of the foot uh, basically before bedtime mm-hmm. and then to, like to leave her barefoot as as much as possible to um kind of strengthen the foot okay um so we we're happy with her release of treatment, right? Um, I think I talked about this before, but I kept my kids in cribs for like a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have a twin, right, who does not, who has regular feet. And so she was kind of just following along with her sister. So at, even at four years old, we were still like in a converted crib, mm-hmm. um, toddler bed. Um, so it was kind of like this big milestone for we were waiting for Paige to be done so that we could get them into like a big bed Mm. right I was worried about like her rolling over and the the weight of the bar to be like you know flinging her off the bed and things like that that's kind of how I figured it would happen but Mm. 
Um, so when she got out of her boots and bar, we had a big, you know, excited celebration and they got new beds and new sheets and everything. And so it was like a fun, happy time for us. Mm-hmm. So did your daughter have a tenotomy before she went into boots and bar, like the heel lengthening? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she had that, but still throughout the four years of bracing, it was like, hey, her heel cord still feels tighter than normal. Or was that something towards the end of treatment that they started saying? Um, I want to say maybe about towards the end. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we did all the stretches like you're supposed to do when the boots and bar first go on. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we got a little bit lax with it over time. Um, I'll take some ownership of that. Right. You just, well, I mean, you're that, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a comment that, that, and and, and since my husband has club feet, he's Mm -hmm. always been very like, um, in tune with like range of motion. So we always just noticed that she has less range of motion motion with that foot. Mm. which is interesting when you have the unilateral situation is you can compare it to the other foot, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this is what a normal foot should be doing. Um, And so if we brought up those concerns with her new doctor, he would just say to continue the stretching. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, she definitely had less range of motion Mm -hmm. than she normally did in her other foot. Okay. And how did she react to no longer having to wear her boots and bar? Was she excited? Was she like, no big deal? What was her reaction? Probably a little bit of excitement just with the new bed, like I said, new sheets, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the frozen decor, we picked up frozen everything. Um, Mm -hmm. But no, I mean, you know, like, like, I think we've talked about it before. Our kids are just kind of like, it depends on their personality. And she's one of those that just goes with the flow and mm. okay, I don't have to wear those anymore. Like that's cool. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So it wasn't this big transition. I worry about my cutie. Um, honestly being like, it's like a security blanket for her. Like, I wonder if she's going to have an adverse, like, no, I want to wear my boots. Like that's what I wear at night. Um, I've heard some kids do that and other kids are just like, see ya. Like I never want to see you again. <laughs> Right. Yeah. She has a security blanket, like a comfort item. That's her like prized possession. So I feel like that for her, that helped her. Mm. It helps her with any type of change. Yeah. Um, She had another um, sleep association that wasn't just the boots and bar. Exactly. Yeah. So that helped to transition. That's Mm -hmm. a good idea moving forward for the rest of us to start to think about, you know, those ones that may struggle with the transition or change to introducing something else like that. Yeah, I think it's important. For sure. Okay, so give us an update about how things progress for you guys in the months following her discontinuing of the Boots and Bar. So we took her out of the Boots and Bar in October. That was her fourth birthday month. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, got through the fall. Everything was great. They actually started gymnastics. my cutie is super skilled, like when it comes to like gross motor things. And so mm-hmm. she was like getting her cartwheel, like right off the bat, like she's full of energy, like picks up skills, like a snap. Um, so we went through like gymnastics um, and then it was more so 
like uh, we went to Mexico in February. Okay. The following year. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of the first time, like in winter, we've got socks on, we've got shoes on yeah. running, um, barefoot. Mm-hmm. And so when we went to Mexico, I was kind of like, huh, you know, like I could see her running ahead of me, like towards the pool or on the beach. And mm-hmm. I just noticed something that I hadn't noticed before. So it kind of, you know, sparked my interest just to keep watching. Mm. Um, and really what it was, was if you're looking at her from behind and she's running, the foot was coming up and it was coming in. So the mm-hmm. other foot just mm-hmm. stayed, you know, perfectly straight. The heel was straight, uh, but it was more the foot when it came up off the ground was starting to turn inward. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like that, that muscle memory. Um, so that was a little bit concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just continued to stretch her. I thought maybe this foot was just tight, which it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so continue to stretch her, gave it maybe a couple more weeks. And then I scheduled a follow-up appointment, mm-hmm. um, to find out what was going on. Okay. So that was what, like five, six months after you had discontinued yes okay and this would be the first time that you went like for a follow-up appointment so you hadn't seen the doctor in between that right so like I think it's typical six months follow-up so we were just about there Mm -hmm. um so it it had happened the relapse the relapse had happened uh even though I didn't know that's what was going on it actually had not even entered my my brain at that point like Mm -hmm. I I'll tell you how that kind of unfolded Mm -hmm. um but yeah, we were within six months of discontinuation of the bracing and already we're, we're seeing the muscle memory to go back. Yeah. So when you went to the doctor, how did they determine that she was relapsing or like a lot of the time I've heard surgeons say residual deformity. So it's not necessarily like there was a relapse, but that there was something else that needed to be addressed. So um, he, you know, felt her foot, looked mm-hmm. for the range of motion, stretching, things like that. And he turns around and looks at me and he said, what happened? What? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what do you mean what happened? We were here, you know, five, six months ago. Like he's looking at me like I did something wrong, which you, as a mom, that's like the worst thing anybody can say to you. Yeah. Ah, after um, the years that you guys had put in. Mm-hmm. And I just, I like, I was just baffled. Um, so he kind of le- left the room and Kelly, um, the nurse who was actually formerly the nurse of Dr. Dobbs, who I love, mm-hmm. came in and she always does like a touch point, you know, just to see how everybody's doing. Um, and she stretched her foot and she said, yeah, man, it's it's very tight, right? Mm-hmm. Her foot is super tight. Um, like the dorsiflexion is just yeah. not what yeah. it should be. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, um, we have like, what's the plan of action? Let's do something. And so they're um, like their orthotic kind of team member that does the, the boots, you know, the orthotist. It's like the, mm-hmm. yeah, measuring and things like that. He came in. And um, he said, we're going to fit her for a splint, okay, a night-wearing splint. So he came in, did that, um, just to keep the foot stretched. 
the doctor said this is something that she'll wear at nighttime now to keep the foot in a stretched position. So, okay. Okay. Right. Okay. So they come in. There's never any mention of a relapse. Okay. None. So, so they don't mention I, relapse. They just say what happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So I put. So I took a picture of her getting this fitted for this splint. And I put it on uh, that Thank You Dr. Dobbs Facebook page. Okay. And I said, does anybody have um, experience with this? Has anybody worn a night brace or a night splint? What what can I expect? Um, and I it got a lot of comments. People saying, well, first of all, the picture that I took, her foot was not in position. So they were like, what is this splint going to do? Because he hadn't flexed her foot yet. Gotcha. So there was a lot of confusion with that. I said... Okay, here's a different picture that yeah. shows the foot the foot flexed. Okay. Um, okay, and then basically the thread was a bunch of bashing of the current provider we were seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone just said, "Hey, you should just message Dr. Dobbs." Mm. Um, so that led to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can remember the remember it now. I sent him a. If anybody's not familiar, Dr. Dobbs is wonderful. He has a Facebook page and he actually answers all of his direct messages. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you find him on Facebook Messenger, send him a message. He will respond, um, which is super comforting. So I sent him the picture mm-hmm. and I said, you know, what do you think about this? And he said, I can't really make a heads or tails of what's going on. Can you um, get her in a pair of shorts? have her walk to and from the camera on video stand flat-footed for you know front and back on a on a video and send that over to me mm-hmm. um so I did that and within minutes he said that sure her foot was relapsed mm. like within seconds um and I was like beside myself mm-hmm. okay yeah, I, like screamed for my husband thinking like we had just gotten the worst news in the world. It just wasn't on my radar. I know that sounds like really dumb mm. or ignorant. I don't know. No. It just wasn't on my radar. I just thought, okay, she just needs like maybe some physical therapy. Hmm. Um, some stretching. Really, so through all of this, you hadn't really even thought relapse. You were just thinking, okay, it's tight. We're going to have to do like extra physical therapy, maybe wear this splint but the actual word relapse hadn't crossed your mind until that came through no and this happens to me all the time in my life like (laughs) it has to hit me smack me in the face Mm. because I don't see the warning signs with a lot of things I'm like god why didn't I see that coming or Mm. I don't know it's just me my that's just how my how life happens for me so no different with, with this. Um, so when he told me that, I was just really confused and upset. Mm-hmm. Um, did Like I said, wasn't on my radar mm-hmm. at all. Um, so that's how we found out. I trust his guidance. I trust his medical opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can kind of talk about where we went from there. How did your husband respond? Had he thought relapse had you guys talked about that no no so when you got thought and you told him what was his response um 
he's very, you know, pragmatic and practical mm-hmm. and, um, okay, well, what do we need to do? Like, let's just right. figure out the next steps where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm emotional, crying. Why did this happen? Right. X, Y, Z. Um, so like I mentioned, he was born with bilateral club feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has always felt that obviously it was his, um, he's the reason why she has this condition. Mm-hmm. Um, and his, the treatment for him was super different mm-hmm. uh, back in the eighties and his feet are, um, arthritic at 37 years old. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he has, little range of motion he can't jump very high he can't flex his feet can't point his toes Mm. right um he actually just had stem cell therapy done on his feet Mm. which is like a regenerative Mm -hmm. um, therapy and it's like the first time in his whole life he's been almost pain-free which is really exciting um yeah 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 so he's got some personal knowledge of what your daughter is going through. Yes. And I, mean, I think the reason because he had a different treatment, but this, you know, that same idea of what could happen if um, things progress, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I think we were just kind of under the assumption that we followed yeah. the treatment. So why would we, why would there be a relapse? I'm thinking a relapse was for people um, who didn't get treatment when they needed it or didn't wear the boots and bars, you know, just something like that. I, I was very ignorant to think that, um, and Dr. Dobbs told me that mm. the tendon transfer surgery is part of the Ponsetti method. Mm. Um, so there's nothing that we did wrong. This is just another step in the treatment, mm. which made me swallow that big pill a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Here. I think that is a common Um, that's why I like the idea of the residual deformity as opposed to the word relapse. And I can understand why the doctors use that because it takes a little bit of that, like guilt and ownership off the parents, because there is this part of you that's like, I did everything right. (laughs) Like she wore Mm -hmm. the brace. I did the stretches. I did everything. And yet here we are. And I think what you're saying is really important for parents who are in similar situations to hear, which is like, you're not responsible for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which that doctor made me feel 100% responsible when he asked me that question. Right. And it's so Um, important. That is such an important point because, sorry. Um, It's such an important point because it is really important for doctors to understand how powerful the way that they communicate with parents impacts their overall process. It's not just the actual treatment. It's how you talk to parents. It's the bedside manner, right? You have to have a good bedside manner as a doctor, physician, especially when you're dealing with children, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So, yeah that's it's fine we're not seeing him anymore we've discontinued so Um, what is the plan so you get the message from Dr. Dobbs what what do you do from there um so we set up a zoom call with Mm -hmm. him um Mm -hmm. we're in St we're right outside St. Louis Missouri 
and he's in West Palm Beach, Florida now. So we worked with Kathy to set up a Zoom call. Uh, we had her present and basically what he had us do is a reenactment of what he asked me to do before, which was some walking and running um, barefooted mm-hmm. um, in our house. And then we had her like sit in a like a dining room chair. I guess he wanted to see how her mm. feet like legs were kind of like hanging um, in relationship to each other. Um, and so just a couple te- like visual tests for him to um, know again or tell us again that it was a full on um, relapse uh-huh. um, and to talk about how that's treated um, with him. So he walked us through basically the timing of mm-hmm. things from start mm-hmm. to finish, what it looks like to do the serial castings again, um, surgery, um, the follow up casts after that, and then kind of like a um, boot camp physical therapy once everything comes off. Mm-hmm. And then I'm still a little bit gray on what happens after that because I mm-hmm. believe she will go back into some type of orthotic. Mm-hmm. Um, once everything's done mm-hmm. um, but we haven't gotten that far okay and I mean as soon as we hung up the phone with them we were like you know have Kathy email us we want to get on your calendar we want to talk about you know but one thing he said is that with a, a relapse it's not like a cancer so there's no immediate treatment mm-hmm. um, he just recommended that we were starting treatment within 12 months okay which which was nice because we were talking to him in May mm. and we have a whole summer of activities. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not to mention the heat and the no everything. pools and the cast and the yeah. I think that the um the summer months I can imagine would be hard. Even though it'd be good for not being in school, it still is like the summer would be to have being cast for that long so how long how long total do you anticipate the cast in surgery for her to be in cast the whole time it's about 12 weeks okay yeah um so we have it lined up starting in the beginning of September okay um I mean you'll roll your eyes at this but it was basically uh, scheduled around my husband's hunting um, weekends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we wanted her out of cast before like a particular weekend in November, which is like right around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then summer was wrapped up and, and things like right. that. So um, I can walk you through kind of what the schedule looks like if Yeah. So what's your plan? Like, so obviously you have to travel and I think a lot of parents do travel. Um, so how did you coordinate figuring all of that out? Like it's, I mean, that's the part, honestly, when we traveled to see Dr. Dobbs last year for a follow-up, one of the things that went through my mind was just like, oh my Lord, if she relapses, I like the idea of traveling and staying and figuring out all that coordination was like so overwhelming. And that was even close to a reality at that point, but just 
I think, um, so I'd be interested to hear how that has been for you guys. Yeah, so I mentioned before that my husband's very like type A scheduled visual type of person. So we actually have a whiteboard in our bedroom right now that has her schedule up on it, um, which is super helpful. Um, It basically says who's taking her on these particular days and flights. Um, if there's a hotel stay, what if we have a rental car, um, the appointment day and time. Um, so that's been really helpful for us just to see it because um, it's a lot. Um, so if I look at my schedule, we'll be back and forth to Florida seven times, um, which is a lot. That's a lot of times. Um, yeah. Uh, only one of the times we'll stay like more than a day or more than one night, um, which is the surgery. Uh-huh. Um, but all the other ones, basically what we're doing is flying in on a Tuesday, staying overnight, getting a cast either put on or replaced, and then driving to the airport and coming home. Uh-huh. So we're there for 26-ish hours, maybe. Uh-huh. Um Like I said, with the exception of when the, let me see about this. One, two, three. When the third cast comes off. So, okay, here's something else that happened. Usually they say they want the cast on, these are the positional casts to get her like soft tissue pliable right before the the foot in position where he wants it before this surgery is performed Mm -hmm. that's the the purpose of the cast they want those on for at least a week um at most 10 days Mm -hmm. but what happened is he's traveling things kind of came up the doctor Mm -hmm. is traveling so they also said that leading up until surgery, you have to have a COVID test. Mm. So what happened starting in 2020 is the time in that third cast has been shortened for a lot of families and they're still um, successful. Mm. Meaning like you had to be in town however many days earlier for the COVID test. Mm. So it wasn't making sense. Um for that third cast to stay on as long so that's kind of what's happening with us she's having that third cast I think put on on the 19th and then it's coming back off on the 24th so that just shows the time frame got a lot shorter yeah to fit in surgery so that's kind of yeah so No, I'm sorry. It goes on the 19th and she's having surgery on the 22nd. So that third cast only stays on for a couple of days. Yeah. And they're confident that there haven't, haven't been any issues. Okay. So we, we questioned that a little bit. Yeah. Right. But, um, for her surgery, we'll be there for about six, five or six days. Mm. Um, staying with a friend who has a house down there um, just to alleviate some of the cost. Yeah. You know, where we can go somewhere and stay somewhere to buy groceries, not, not pay a hotel stay. Uh-huh. Um, and for that one, my husband and I are both going to go. 
think it's really important that we're both there with her. Yeah. Yeah. How has she responded? Like, what have you, have you talked to her about what's going to happen? Have you had those conversations? Yeah. I mean, it was important for me to have her know about it before she heard me talking about it. You know, if like mm-hmm. the neighbors coming by or even like a family member and they're like, Oh, I heard through the yeah. grapevine or whatever. I, do, I don't believe in talking about our children when they're around, when they don't know, you know, the whole situation. So, um, I just told her that she's going to have a set of casts put on, that those won't hurt, but that she will have to have surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, more or less, the the verbiage is to keep her foot straight, mm-hmm. kind of what I tell her. Mm-hmm. Um, so she can kind of understand that in her mind, that she needs to keep her foot straight. And um, also, sorry, I just remembered another um, inclination of the relapse was she was walking on her toes. Mm. she's never been a toe walker before and the other foot was perfectly flat when she's walking heel to toe and this one she was walking on her tiptoes because of there is no range of motion basically Mm -hmm. to get that heel down Mm -hmm. um and since april to now july um it's actually gotten worse Mm. which he you know kind of told us would happen it would just probably continue to get worse and it has um, so sorry, I just remembered that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, she's super excited. I don't think she understands really, but she knows that we're going to go to Florida. She knows that we're going to go on an airplane, which, like, duh, she's pumped about that. Yeah, that's the only yeah. time. She, that's the only time she gets an iPad. Yeah. Um, but and then she talked about like her friends at school are going to sign it, put smiley faces on it. She wants it to be pink. Um. So she's a super just like roll it off yeah. the chin type of kid. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I'm a little bit stressed about is like pain management, mm-hmm. how we're going to handle traveling with a long leg cast. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just talking about that this morning. Like my husband Googled, like, how do you travel with a long leg cast? And it says like, you have to purchase three airplane seats so that you can keep it elevated to avoid swelling and clots which is really scary. So I have like a laundry list of questions. Yeah. A for my doctor and B, I'm going to put them in that Facebook group just to see. Yeah. Kind of help me with other people who've been through it. Mm-hmm. 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 So, yeah. So in a nutshell, our, our treatment starts on September 7th and our last appointment is on November 2nd. Mm. Okay. So it's a little bit truncated, I think, versus the, I had to look to see what it comes down into weeks, but mm-hmm. with the new protocol, with the COVID test and things, we were able to shave off a couple mm-hmm. week or so. Okay. Yeah. Well, obviously I wish you the best of luck. Like I um, am so grateful for you sharing that. And I think, um, if you're willing, I'd love for you to come back on after she's gone through it all and kind of give us an update about how it all went and how she's doing. And um, just so we can hear more about how it's going. For sure. I mean, I want this to really be, I know like we're never really out of the woods, right? Mm -hmm. Like 
as you know that like uh-huh. everything is going perfect for for you and it could just change uh-huh. um but I really want this to be like the end of the road for her but yeah I think it's interesting we'll yeah I think that's I think it's really interesting just in general because I think it's hard to I think we're kind of sold this idea that for majority of kids the Ponsetti method you know, you do the serial casting, you do the boots in the bar, and then they're good to go. And then there's this, but the truth is that there is another, uh, there are more avenues and it's not as general as that. There's a lot of individualization that happens within the treatment and within each child. And so it's not always as clear cut as that, but I think we get into it. And I think you know, I mean, part of it's like, you just have to, you have to think that that's what's going to be so that we get through the end. Right. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, um, yeah, I don't know if there's ever going to be really a time where I imagine feeling like I'm gonna not be on guard anymore. Yeah. Essentially he said, anytime your child goes through a growth spurt, you're at risk. Mm. Right. Mm. So, um, Mm -hmm. they're going to continue to grow and grow and grow grow until they're done growing so that's a while that's childhood right that's all the way through their adulthood so yeah I think it's important for parents to hear and I appreciate you saying though like that it isn't it's really easy to blame ourselves through the whole thing yeah yeah I'm 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 done doing that so it's just like looking forward taking Mm -hmm. care of her um you know having this be as yeah like as little traumatic um experience for her as possible so well if people um, who are listening want to get updates about like your daughter's treatment path where should they go yeah, so I'm on social media um, as a sleep consultant, Tweet Dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, I In my headline there, I say, kind of say well, the things that I share about and Clubfoot is one of them because uh, there's somebody who's going to be searching that that keyword down the road and they're going to find me and, and learn from, from mm-hmm. our experience. So I'm definitely going to try and share as much mm-hmm. as I can while we're into the process. Mm-hmm. Um, especially around like the surgery part mm-hmm. um, and the things that I find out just like the logistics of things like I don't even know does she use crutches we have to rent a wheelchair I'm guessing mm-hmm. I'm asking friends if I can borrow a, a a jogging stroller again because we got rid of ours well it was a double so that wouldn't have worked but yeah. um, as far as airport transfer mm-hmm. I've read or a piece of information was that a double stroller or a a jogging stroller is going to be much easier than a wheelchair. But um, when she's home for those four weeks in a non-weight bearing cast, she's going to have to have a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, you think so. Yeah. So I need to, those are all things I need to find out. And if I can help somebody else, yeah, by our journey, then that's, that's perfect. I love to share about things like that. Awesome. Well, thanks again so much for being a guest today and sharing your story. Welcome. And I mean, 
again, well wishes for all of you guys. I mean, just the best of luck that it all goes really smoothly. Traveling goes smoothly. The All of the medical appointments. And um, I really am thinking about you guys through the whole thing. Thank you so much. Yep. So if you like, um, if you like this episode, thank you for listening. Um, please share with anyone you think would be beneficial for hearing it. And if you want to get in touch with me directly, you can do so at my website at marinehoff.com or my Instagram account at Clubfoot Chronicles Mom. Until next time.